0: Welcome to another episode of Finding Freedom, right here on the Lions of Liberty podcast. And this week, today, I got a different type episode for you. Something that's been on my mind. And honestly, I've been hearing a lot of people talking about it recently. And uh, really, I came across a really great resource and awesome article on the topic. And I wanted to share it with you guys. So. Um, To tee it up right now, this is going to be a solo uh, episode and we're going to be talking about artificial sweeteners, most specifically about sucralose and the misconceptions that sucralose is healthy um, or that it's actually, in many circles, it's uh, advertised as being good for you and specifically a healthy alternative to sugar for diabetics. Well, we're going to talk about all that stuff. Um, we'll get to that in a minute. Before we do, I, I want to do a little promoting. Um, a little promoting for next week's show. Have an incredible guest that I'm, I'm so excited that I've been able to line up. Damon West will be coming on the show. I'll actually be interviewing him this Thursday. So if you're listening to this on uh, July 21st, I'll be interviewing him on July 21st, and you'll be able to Stream that, watch it live, comment if you are a member of the Lions of Liberty Pride. So please consider going joining on Patreon or on Locals and join the Lions of Liberty Pride so you can get that interview right away. I also put it out on our um, patron supporters bonus feed, bonus podcast feed where we put out um, content early and we put our bonus content on there, all that good stuff. Damon West, who is he? I first heard him on the Ed Milet Show. Ed Milet, entrepreneur, has a massive podcast platform. And Damon was interviewed there. He's a guy who went to prison for a significant amount of time, had a past as a college quarterback. You might be familiar with his name. Went to prison and since then, since getting out, has become one of the biggest uh, motivational speakers in the industry, he's talked to the Alabama football team with Nick Saban. He's talked to Clemson with Dabo Sweeney. Um, he's he's all over the place, and he's one of the most sought after speakers, um, really that that you can get. So I'm I am just beyond excited uh, that I'm going to get to talk to him um, today as you listen to this. So join the pride, and you can uh, you can join in on the fun and get to that interview early. All right, let's get into today's episode. So one of the reasons I wanted to talk about Sucralos, um, so speaking of the Lions of Liberty Pride, we have our Degenerate Gamblers uh, group every year where we, uh, with pretend money, we pick games and, and have some fun with our with our Pride members. And if you want to get in on that, we'll be starting it up soon with college football season and the NFL. So keep that in your mind. But also throughout the season, we also do fantasy football, um, and we'll be doing that again um, throughout the season and the off season. We have just a, a Facebook messaging group with a lot of people who are in, who take part in this DG league and take part in fantasy football, and we talk about everything and anything, but <laughs> but sports. And for whatever reason, the latest topic has been talking about sucralose and about stevia and about you know is sucralose uh, an artificial sweetener? Is, is stevia natural? Is it actually good for you? And, uh, I mean, I'm fascinated by this stuff. And over the past year or so, I've gotten really into, um, really reading food labels, understanding food labels, um, understanding really the carcinic, carcinogenic impact of a lot of the things that are put into our food and the inflammatory impact of a lot of things like seed oils and, uh, artificial sweeteners. So when I came across this, uh, incredibly well-researched article with many, many studies um, really ripping sucralose apart, um, I could not pass up the opportunity to bring it to you guys because a big part of finding freedom is not only finding freedom, you know, maybe uh, politically or financially or spiritually, it's finding freedom in our own health with our own bodies and controlling what goes in and out of our bodies and in today's world um, it's very difficult to to know really Um, when we look at these food labels it's this confusing shit that's put back there and there's 20 ingredients and some of them sound very similar and you know one could be fine but if it's just a little bit different of a tweak it it could be really damaging for you and, and cause an inflammatory response so I wanted to, to take the opportunity to talk about this. this. This is from a site called U.S. Right to Know. And what U.S. Right to Know does is they're a nonprofit organization and they investigate things like this, putting a focus on promoting transparency in public health. Um, they work to expose corporate wrongdoers and government failures that threaten the integrity of our health, our environment, and our food systems. With that being said, let's get to talking about sucralose. And I'll say one more thing before we get started. A lot of healthy people consume a shit ton of sucralose. It is in all kinds of so-called healthy protein bars and um, protein powders and hydration drinks and zero zero calorie um, Gatorades, and it's everywhere, man. It's in all of this shit. And I guarantee you, as soon as you start looking for it, you're going to find it in so much stuff. You're going to find it in your kids, supposedly healthy alternatives. It's disgusting, um, everything that Sucralose is in. Let's talk about it and let's learn why it's disgusting. So Sucralose is the most widely used artificial sweetener in the United States, commonly sold under the brand name Splenda. The chemical is used in over 6,000 food products. It's often found in diet sodas, including Diet Coke uh, with Splenda, Diet Pepsi with Splenda, as well as Gatorade's Propel Water. Sucralose is 600 times sweeter than sugar. This is another thing that's very important to understand about artificial sweeteners, About also about high fructose corn syrup. They put this stuff, they being these corporations with approval from the FDA, Put this stuff in food and put it even, even early in, uh, in baby formula. They put high fructose corn syrup and probably sucralose. Um, and it's hyper sweet, hyper palatable, and it gets you hooked on it early. You, you get hooked on that sweetness. It's a lot sweeter than sugar. Um, and although, like, like, like I was saying, sucralose is marketed as a healthy product, as being a way to lose weight as being a way to help mitigate diabetes it's been linked to a lot of terrible diseases from leukemia to weight gain obesity diabetes liver inflammation metabolic dysfunction and many other illnesses so sucralose backers for a long time and this has been the claim with a lot of artificial sweeteners they claim that it's not poorly that it is poorly absorbed and that it's, for that reason it does not um, significantly bio, bioaccumulate in the human body, and they say, you know, it just passes through you. A 2018 study found that sucralose metabolizes and bioaccumulates in rats. And based on recent science, U.S. Rights and No petitioned the Federal Trade Commission to investigate deceptive advertising claims by Tate and Lyle, which is the Johnson Johnson subsidiary, and Coca Cola. Okay, so let's let's get into some key facts about sucralose. And if you're watching the video, I am I'm actually looking down at uh at paper notes, which I never do. But I printed this out because I wanted to highlight it, and whatever. Hardly anybody watches the video, so if I'm looking down, I really don't care. So after more than a decade of regulatory consideration, the Food and Drug Administration approved sucralose for use in 1998 in 15 food categories. A year later, the agency approved it as a general-purpose sweetener. It was the fastest shift in FDA's history from a specified use, usage to a general-purpose approval of an artificial sweetener. Um, remember, this is the same FDA FDA that is approving these, uh, these couve shots that have been quite the controversy, and people you know people forget about all of the other stuff, all of the food products that we're consuming that the FDA has also approved over time, and um, there's a little bit suspect when you start digging into the studies they've done um, to warrant the approval. So of the over 100 studies the FDA reviewed at the time, none involved humans, only three lasted more than a year. Many of these studies were not even published for public scrutiny. Subsequent studies, including longitudinal ones involving human populations, have raised concerns about health risks of sucralose. But the FDA has not reevaluated its authorization with the current science. The FDA never backtracks. They never, almost never backtrack and go against something that they've approved. The FDA's 1998 authorization claims that sucralose is relatively poorly absorbed into the body. Like Like we're talking about, and we'll talk about in later studies, recent science disputes this. In 2008, oral history review interview conducted by the FDA with Alan Rulis, a former FDA director of the Office of Food Additive Safety, Rulis stated that we discovered way too late in the process, I think, that there was an unresolved issue that had to do with test animals in some studies showing a more than expected body weight gain while on sucralose dosing. There's your first one. Food Chemical News also reported that in 1995 McNeil Nutritionals, which is a Johnson & Johnson subsidiary and a marketer of sucralose as branded Splenda, you've probably heard the name Splenda, um, had planned to submit its product approval application. But in the process of completing the six-month clinical study in diabetic patients that raised concerns about the effects of sucralose on blood sugar, which is what it was supposed to be helping, um, the effects of blood sugar in those individuals. And McNeil asked the agency to withhold its final decision until additional work could be done. So what is sucralose? Sucralose is a synthesized is synthesized by chlorinating the sugar sucrose by substituting three hydroxyl groups with chlorine atoms. Its chemical structure can be seen below. So you can see, if we have any chemists out there? You see that? Probably can't see it. Oh, I disappear when I hold that up. Didn't work. Anyway, I'll uh, post this on the show notes page. Obviously. Sucralose was invented in 1975 by accident when a laboratory leader at Queen Elizabeth College told in his college, "Gotta excuse my talking today. I've literally been talking the entire day. Had to give some trainings for work, and the words are the words are not coming out right, as they say. Let's try that again. Sucralose was invented by accident in 1975 when a laboratory leader at Queen Elizabeth." College told an assistant to test the chemical, which he understood at the time as taste. After discovering the sweet taste of the compound originally under consideration as an insecticide, the team continued its scientific work. The research team filed a patent in 1976 and, and received it in 1984. Sucralose is a marketing name Tate and Lyle invented with no science-based um, backing. The compound's proper chemical name is try. I'll try to say this. Trichlorogalogallot sucrose. Because the road the word sucralose is similar to sucrose, sucrose being a naturally occurring sugar, it falsely expresses an easy similarity with a actual natural sugar. Uh, in its first decade on the market, McNeil Nutritionals marketed Splenda as made from sugar. So they marketed it as made from sugar, not made in a lab. So they said, made from sugar, so it tastes like sugar. Uh, several regulatory agencies deemed this to be deceptive advertising. Sucralose, like I've, ta- like I've said, and like you should know, is commonly sold as Splenda. Other names include Cucrin, Zero Cow, Novella, Candies, Sucrana, Canzero. Yellow, Kendril Yellow, Sucra Plus. So let's talk about some of the, the impacts of consuming sucralose based on studies. Leukemia first. A 2016 study from researchers at Ramazzini Institute published in the International Journal of Occupational and Environmental Health examined sucralose consumption in mice. Researchers found a significant dose related increased incidence of males bearing malignant tumors and a significant dose increased incidence of hema <laughs> neoplasis I don't know if I can say this word in males particularly at doses of 2000 and 16000 parts per million these findings do not support previous data that sucralose is biologically inert Um, that it just passes through you, and the authors concluded, more studies are necessary to show the safety of sucralose, considering that millions of people are likely exposed. Follow-up studies are urgent. Okay, also, let's talk about the impact on obesity, diabetes, weight gain, increased appetite, and metabolic dysfunction. There's a lot here, so I'm going to go through this pretty quickly. Like I said, this will be posted Um, on the show notes page at lionsofliberty.com. So a 2014 study in Nature pointed to risks of consuming artificial sweeteners generally and sucralose specifically for diabetes patients, a core market for sucralose. The paper concluded that consumption of artificial sweeteners drives the development of glucose intolerance through induction and compositional and functional alterations in the intestinal microbiota. The increase in artificial sweetener consumption, the study notes, coincides with the dramatic increase in obesity and diabetes epidemics. Our findings suggest that artificial sweeteners may have directly contributed to enhancing the exact epidemic that they themselves were intended to fight. A 2013 review article published in Trends, in endocrinology and metabolism concludes that sucralose and other artificial sweeteners may cause weight gain. The paper discusses accumulating evidence that consumers of sugar substitutes may be at an increased risk of excessive weight gain, metabolic syndrome, type 2 diabetes, and cardiovascular disease. The paper posits that consuming sweet tasting but non-caloric or reduced caloric food and beverages interferes with learned responses that normally contribute to glucose and energy homeostasis. Because of this interference, frequent consumption of high-intensity sweeteners may have the counterintuitive effect of inducing metabolic derangements. What this means is you're consuming sucralose, right? You're consuming something that is 600 times sweeter than traditional sugar. So say if you were eating like a piece of fruit, you eat a piece of fruit, it has a little bit of sweetness to it, and the body is expecting uh, to get calories with it, with that sweet taste um, c- coming in uh, with the fruit, with the fiber and everything, all the nutrients that are in the fruit. When you're consuming an artificial sweetener like sucralose that is zero calories, the body does not get the calories and it's expecting them. It's, it's pulling for them. It's sending signals to your brain that we just got all this sweetness, but we didn't get any calories. We need more calories. So it causes that hunger. It causes increased appetite. Continuing on, a 2013 study published in Diabetes Care found that the ingestion of sucralose alters the metabolic response to an oral glucose load in obese people who are not regular consumers of the substance. These findings support the notion that sucralose is not metabolically inert, but has a physiological impact, physiological impact. A 2016 study published in Cell Metabolism found that chronic consumption of sucralose triggers a conserved neuronal fasting response and increases the motivation to eat. After chronic exposure to sucralose, we saw that animals began eating a lot more, a co-author of the study explained in a press release. Through systematic investigation of this effect, we found that inside the brain's reward Centers, sweet sensation is integrated with energy content. When sweetness versus energy is out of balance for a period of time, the brain recalibrates and increases total, total calories consumed. It's exactly what I was just talking about. A 2008 study in Journal of Toxology and Environmental Health, Part A, by Duke University researchers, found that rats exposed to, to Splenda at below equal to and above FDA-sanctioned medium-acceptable daily intake levels for 12 weeks showed numerous adverse effects, including reduced beneficial fecal microflora, increased fecal pH, and enhanced expression levels of proteins known to limit the bioavailability of orally administered drugs and nutrients. The rats also experienced weight gain, even at consumption levels below the FDA's recommended acceptable daily intake advisory. Sucralose will make you fat. You'll gain weight. That's what they're saying. Insulin impacts ties in with the obesity and weight gain. A 2020 study by Yale researchers in cell metabolism found that consuming seven sucralose sweetened beverages with but not without a carbohydrate over 10 days, decreases insulin sensitivity in healthy human participants. The findings imply that, one, carbohydrate metabolism is altered in the presence of sucralose, and two, that this alteration leads to decreases in peripheral and central sensitivity to sugar and sweet taste. Of particular concern to the authors... They note, the metabolic changes were observed following a very limited exposure. These findings, and they quote, raise the possibility that the combination effect may be a major contributor to the rise in incidence of type 2 diabetes and obesity. If so, the addition of low-calorie sweeteners to increase the sweetness of carbohydrate-containing food should be discouraged and consumption of diet drinks with meals should be counseled against. So, I mean, this is just, this is blowing um, these artificial sweeteners out of the water. You should not be consuming these artificial sweeteners. A 2018 study in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition concluded that research subjects who consumed sucralose showed a significant decrease in insulin sensitivity, leading the researchers to to conclude sucralose may have effects on glucose metabolism. Lowered insulin sensitivity, sometimes called insulin resistance, can lead to higher blood sugar levels and development of type 2 diabetes. And I quote, our study provides confirmatory evidence that sucralose has a negative impact on insulin action, even in healthy individuals, the researchers concluded. We'll do one more study here. 2018 study in nutrition pointed to impacts of insulin secretion and by extension, risk of type 2 diabetes among healthy sucralose consuming subjects long term long term consumption of sucralose can develop insulin resistance and decrease AIR acute insulin response which may represent the earliest signs of development of type 2 diabetes our study also demonstrated reduced AIR after a 4 week ingestion of sucralose This result may imply that chronic exposure to sucralose leads firstly to increased insulin secretion and later to reduction of insulin secretion. All right, let's keep going. Sucralose in human breast milk and babies. Sucralose can enter into the breast milk of breastfeeding mothers, according to a 2019 study in the Journal of Pediatric Gastroenterological and Nutrition. The study of 34 breastfeeding women concludes that sucralose appeared in breast milk two hours following ingestion, with concentrations varying markedly between individuals. Since the study assessed breast milk after just a single diet soda ingestion, researchers found that concentrations reported may underestimate true infant exposure via breast milk. Future research should determine concentration after repeated exposures. A 2020 study published in Gut Microbes concluded that sucralose consumption in pregnant mice inhibited intestinal development, induced Im- imbalance of gut microbiota, and low-grade inflammation, and further disrupted gut barrier function in three-week-old offspring. The, research, uh, the researchers wrote, This data suggests that excessive sucralose should be taken with caution, especially during pregnancy and lactation, and also provide new insight into a better understanding of pathogenesis of non-alcoholic fatty liver disease in adulthood. Let's talk about bioaccumulation. A 2018 study published in the Journal of Toxology and Environmental Health concluded that sucralose could be seen in rat tissue. Two weeks after... um, stopping the 40-day feeding period, even though this compound had disappeared from the urine and feces. These findings do not support previous claims submitted to regulatory agencies that sucralose is, is a stable compound, that one is not metabolized in vivo, and two, excreted unchanged in the feces, and three clears the body within a few days. Concludes researchers. data indicates that it may now be time to revisit the regulatory status of sucralose. Formation of toxic or carcinogenic compounds. A 2019 study, the German Federal Institute of Risk Assessment pointed to it cancer risks associated with cooking foods containing sucralose at temperatures of 250 degrees or higher. Cooking at these temperatures, and I quote, may lead to formation of chlorinated organic compounds with a health-damaging potential such as polychlorinated p-dioxins PCDD, and dibenzofurins, PCDF, and chloriopropanols. The study concludes consumption of these hazardous substances and toxins could lead to diseases such as cancer, the skin disorder, chloroacne, as well as liver and kidney disease. disease. Let's do one more here. In 2020, a German agency, BFR, published a review of 19 studies on sucralose in the journal Food Chemistry. The researchers concluded that sucralose, and I quote, can be degraded at high temperatures – during cooking or baking of sucralose containing foods, and that, and I quote, as a consequence, potentially toxic chlorinated compounds might be generated. Let's talk about irritable bowel syndrome, IBS. I know a lot of people that struggle with IBS. In 2018, study published in Inflammatory Bowel Diseases researchers found that given over a six week period, the artificial sweetener sucralose worsens gut inflammation in mice with Crohn's disease. Um, our findings suggest that patients with Crohn's disease should think carefully about consuming Splenda or similar products containing sucralose or malodextrin, the, the study's lead author said in a press release. It's, it's just incredible the amount of studies that are, that are out just pointing out all of the terrible diseases and terrible things that sucralose can do to the human body, and yet It's still in all of this health food out there. It's still still on the shelves. And I hope this changes soon. We'll see. That's why I'm doing this podcast. Let's talk about colon cancer. A 2020 article in Frontiers in Oncology based on research on mice raised concerns about colon cancer risks associated with sucralose uh, consumption. The study concluded that sucralose caused significant increases in the number and size of cancerous colon tumors. A likely um, mechanistic explanation would be that inflammation was exacerbated by sucralose. That's a quote. The study further surmised that a steady stream of sucralose in the diet could lead to impaired inactivation of Digestive proteins, damaging the gut barrier and exacerbating inflammation. A lot of talk about destroying your gut microbiome with, uh, with sucralose. Liver inflammation, let's talk about that. A 2017 study of mice in Frontiers in uh, Physiology reported. Sucralose consumption for six months altered the gut microbiome composition. Fecal Metabolites and pro inflammatory gene expression in the liver. The alterations induced by sucralose consumption could affect the development of inflammation and further influence other physiological functions in the body. Let's talk about the deceptive advertising around sucralose. We talked a little bit about it, but let's just reinforce that. Of course, they took The name sucralose, because it sounds close to sucrose. And when you put that on a food label, it's very easy to think you're reading sucrose, which is a naturally occurring sugar, but you're actually reading the word sucralose and they they sneak it by you. Um, Splenda has a long history of deceptive advertising. In its early years, McNeil Nutritionals, at the time a subsidiary of Johnson & Johnson, spent over $200 in marketing Splenda with, with the misleading slogan, made from sugar so it tastes like sugar. Talked about that earlier. Even though the product contains no natural sugars, the advertising campaign was the target of multiple lawsuits and regulatory reviews across the world. Courts of agencies in France, Australia, and New Zealand ruled the slogan was false, misleading, and banned advertisements from their respective countries. There's a couple more um, regulatory... or lawsuit claims uh, in in different countries. New Zealand advertising standards complaints board refused the same advertisements a 2005 ruling on the grounds that it gave rise to likelihood of consumer being confused and misled as a result of the comparison in advertising. In 2007, the Commercial Court of Paris ruled that McNeil's violated French consumer protection laws and ordered the company to stop what it concluded was misleading wording in its advertising. The court also ordered McNeil to pay 40,000 euros in damages, um, which manufacturers, to Mer- Mercient, I guess, which manufactures artificial sweeteners made with as- aspartame. Aspartame is also terrible, so I don't know why they're giving them money, but um, I guess they're, they're the ones who brought the lawsuit. But aspartame, avoid that. That's that's carcinogenic. That might be even worse than sucralose, at least as bad. Um, those are the two you, you definitely want to avoid. Um, and high fructose corn syrup. Okay, in the US, a similar lawsuit between Mercian and McNeil concluded with, uh, uh, concluded with an undisclosed settlement. Splenda's current marketing in the US no longer focuses on sugar, but on claiming health benefits for diabetes patients of people who are trying to lose weight, despite science leaking sucralose to obesity, diabetes, weight gain, increased appetite, and metabolic dysfunction. Guys, it's, it's all out there. You can find it um, yourself. I will post this article on the show notes page. Be a little shorter show this week, as I said. uh, I mean, if you're looking for alternatives to sweeteners and you want to consume less sugar, number one, I would just say try to consume less things that are sweet, eat natural fruit, natural fruits. Um, you got to stop drinking soda, you got to cut that stuff out, you got to stop drinking um, energy drinks that have all kinds of of crap in them and, and are loaded up with uh either sugar or artificial sweeteners, you just have to stop it if you want to be healthy. And if you want to be free, if, if, you, know, if you don't want to hand over your, your body to the, uh, to the whims of the FDA and these giant corporations, if you want to be a, truly a free, sovereign being, you got to take control of yourself, of your body, and of what you ingest. And you can't take control of that unless you understand what you are ingesting. So that's, that's one of my big focuses on finding freedom going forward is empowering you listeners, empowering all of you out there to have the knowledge, to be able um, to have dominion over your own body, to understand what you're putting in and the effects it'll have on you. So a great um, alternative to sugar, to artificial sweeteners is stevia. Now you don't want to get um, processed stevia that, you know, a lot of times you'll see it contains uh, erythritol. Erythritol is another one that they say passes right through you. I don't believe them. Um, so if you see stevia and erythritol on the same label, you want to avoid that. You want natural stevia. It is it is used, more and more um, products are just using just, just clean stevia. Also, you can grow your own stevia. Um, I grew stevia in my herb garden last year. grew it, what I thought was a lot of it, but after we uh, chopped it all down and dried it out, we had about a half a mason jar of, uh, of ground up stevia. So, so we're still using that. Uh, but you can do that, and you can make it into like a like a tincture, and then you know put drops of it in your coffee for a little bit of sweetness if you want to. I like drinking black coffee because I'm an American and I'm a man, but uh, that's just me. Maybe you like to weaken down your coffee and you can't handle taste of black coffee. That's you. That's not me. Um there's also uh, monk fruit, monk fruit sweetener w- which is natural. And the great thing about monk fruit sweetener and uh and stevia is they're not going to impact your glycemic index. They're not going to spike your blood sugar. So if you're somebody who does intermittent fasting or or fasting, well depending on how purist you are, some people will do just water um in that fasting window. Uh, but some people, you know, will do coffee as well or or might might even do uh, you know, something that, uh, a drink that would have stevia or, or, monk fruit in it, um, cause it's not going to impact your, uh, your glycemic index. So those are great alternatives. And that, that's, that's just my advice, guys. Start reading labels. If, if you pick up a box, you pick up a wrapper and it has more than five ingredients on it. Stop. Probably just put that down and don't take it, but definitely focus on all of those ingredients, um, and try to find, you know, natural things to eat so, you know, instead of picking up, uh, you know, instead of going to the gas station, or the grocery store and getting a, uh, a Quest protein bar, which all the Quest products have sucralose in them. Instead of doing that, have some nuts, you know, have a get it find a clean protein powder and, uh, you know, make, make a make a protein shake with that. There's lots of ways to avoid this stuff. It's easy to fall in the trap of thinking, oh, well, it's just in all the food. This is what I eat. This is what I have to do with my life. You don't. You really don't. You you can take control of it. There's easy ways around it. There's plenty of other things to consume to get enough protein, to get enough calories, to keep yourself full. You're not going to starve. But really, I really want to encourage you. And if you're still listening to this point, you're probably taking this to heart. Um, I really want to encourage you to stop putting artificial sweeteners like sucralose and aspartame into your system. Just just draw the line and stop. Um, you can do it. Trust me. I, I've I've done it myself, and I'm someone who used to, I used to consume a lot of those Quest bars because I, I thought they were healthy. I heard an interview of uh, one of the founders of Quest, uh, Tom. I think his name's Tom Billieu. Um, he was on one of my fav- favorite podcasts, the Ed Let Show, which I was just talking about at the outset, who I heard Damon West, who's on next week's show. I heard him on Ed, Ed Lut. but he was on Ed Let Show and he was talking about, you know, even to start to make these Quest protein bars, um, to do it without high fructose corn syrup was was hard to do because it was hard to find the machinery set up um, that would actually be able to run and form the ingredients into, into a solid bar. So in order to do that, they had to design their, their own equipment. And that, I mean, that's probably one of the reasons why there's not a lot of alternatives because all of this equipment to, that molds these candy bars and protein bars has been made um, to fit and to work with you know the certain um, food lubricants and uh, artificial sweeteners that are in there now, the high fructose corn syrup, things like that. So to go outside of that, you have to build a whole new manufacturing process. And I have another theory that the reason why we have so much, so many of these seed oils and and soy in our food is, I have a theory. I have not proven this. I have a theory that they work as lubricants in these uh, in these manufacturing processes when they're when they're producing all of this highly processed food. And really it helps probably helps it to to pass through easier you probably get less waste it helps things to bind together more so that's other stuff to avoid but that's a different show talking about seed oils and soy and, and all of that junk but tell me what you thought about today's episode um, if you enjoyed this talking about health let me know if you didn't enjoy it keep it to yourself <laughs> if you really want to support this podcast, the best thing you can do is go to my Finding Freedom solo feed and leave me a five-star rating and a nice review. I'll read it on the air if you do. And if you really like what you're listening to, you can do the same. You can go to the Lines of Liberty network feed and leave a review there. You can even leave the same review. Nobody will know. Apple will have no idea you did it. You will have fooled the system leaving the same review for the same podcast on two separate podcast feeds. You will be a rebel. People will look up to you. People will say, how did this guy think to do this? You'll you'll be viewed by your closest friends and family as a brilliant, brilliant person. Um, probably a very attractive person too, I, I would assume. So I would encourage you to go leave us refuse. And as always, join the pride patreon.com slash lions of liberty. Or you can go to locals, which is, and I always forget, so I have to check it. Um, lionsofliberty.locals.com and of course you can check out our merchandise in our store lionsofliberty.store I'm um, always adding new stuff there so thanks for listening today if you like this show let me know shoot me an email john at lionsofliberty.com or you can always find me on Facebook um, John Odermatt or Twitter Instagram I'm at John Odermatt and uh Yeah, that's all I got for today. Have a great weekend. Always remember to keep your head up and the fire's liberty burning.